ABC Listen. Podcasts, radio, news, music and more. After seven years in the Ecuadorian embassy in London and another five in Belmarsh Prison, a court is finally set to decide whether Julian Assange should be extradited to the United States. He faces dozens of charges relating to the mass leaking of classified US documents on the WikiLeaks website that could result in a 175-year prison sentence. International human rights barrister and TV's hypothetical presenter, Geoffrey Robertson, has been a key lawyer and advisor to Julian Assange. He's in Australia for a new speaking tour and he's our guest. Geoffrey Robertson, welcome. Good morning, Patricia. Just beginning on, on that huge story at the moment, Julian Assange, what's your analysis of the current bid to prevent his extradition from the UK on the grounds that the US prosecution is politically motivated? Well, he's running out of time. This is an end-stage attempt to appeal on the grounds that were knocked back initially and wrongly, I think, by the magistrate, namely that he is a political, uh, he's wanted for political rather than legal reasons. And so that is... uh, quite a powerful argument, given the evidence that they presented that the CIA were contemplating his assassination and were certainly uh, trying to... The CIA was certainly, and there's evidence of this, trying to listen in to his conversation with lawyers, which is something that may should derail their efforts. But at the end of the day, he has an appeal finally to the European Court of Human Rights, which you remember stopped the efforts to uh, the government to get people to Rwanda. And so it may be that he can hold out until a new government in Britain takes office in October, November this year, which will be a Labour government. Labour is so far ahead of the Conservatives in the polls that there will be a new government which may well be more sympathetic. Do we know that they'll be more sympathetic? No, but we'll wait and see. They have, or their members have from time to time indicated that he should not be handed over. But of course, it depends on the uh, person who becomes Home Secretary. But that is the possibility uh, for which, of course, uh, he's playing. And if the European Court delay, if the judges, of course, uh, must first decide whether these arguments are tenable, uh, then, of course, uh, he will remain in Belmarsh Prison until the matter is decided. But he's been there for so long that it really, as the Australian Prime Minister has said, is uh, upsetting and uh, it is wrong that he should stay for so long in prison. In the US Justice Department's 2020 indictment, authorities allege Julian Assange helped Chelsea Manning crack an encrypted password hash on a secret defence computer network. Now, uh, the the question that will arise is whether that's covered by ordinary journalistic practice. That's what Julian Assange's team will argue. 
What, what are your thoughts on the way that that will play out? Well, there are many American journalists who see this as a dangerous precedent. After all, the, for many years, the Obama administration did not prosecute him. A very senior figure told me that we don't want him. We'll have to prosecute the New York Times, which published a lot of his material. We don't want him, but the Pentagon does, and the Pentagon usually gets its way. So it really is being brought to deter other whistleblowers, other leakers, as an exercise in uh, fear, creating fear. And many journalists in America, including uh, the journalists who were involved with the New York Times in the Pentagon Papers case, are arguing that this is a dangerous precedent to use the Espionage Act against journalism. Assange is the last, if you like, in a long range of Australian journalists who've upset authorities in different countries, beginning with Keith Murdoch, I have to say, who was uh, Rupert's father and who obtained secret information about Gallipoli, about the British incompetence in Gallipoli, and he published that. And then later on, we had Phil Knightley and uh, Truth, the First Casualty, and then John Pilger, and now the last, if you like, of this extraordinary tribe of Australian journalists, you've got Julian Assange. So uh, it's right, I think, that the Australian Parliament should fight for him. And if uh, matters can be delayed until the new Labour government comes in, which it undoubtedly will on the opinion polls uh, later this year, uh, hopefully uh, another Hmm. He can be returned to Australia. You made the point about a change in, in government in the UK. There's also obviously a potential change in in the colour of the presidency in the United States. Edward Fitzgerald, yes. the KC representing Assange, has argued his client could be targeted by US state agencies for extra-legal attack elimination if he was extradited, particularly given, and I quote, the real possibility of a return of a Donald Trump administration. What do you make of those comments? Well, Ed Fitzgerald is my co-head of Chambers and he's acting for Julian Assange in this case and he doesn't make allegations lightly. So I think that is certainly a possibility. Trump is, as we know, a kind of sociopath. He's unstable, he's unreliable. Uh, we will have, he may well cancel AUKUS and do all sorts of things that render us less safe as a partner with America. I've often thought Australia would be safer and better as a partner with Europe. We should ask to be part of the European Union, part of the Eurovision Song Contest already, and uh, we would find in France and Germany and 25 other uh, civilised countries, perhaps a more reliable group to be allied with than Trump's America. But there you are, that's uh, simply a thought. But the, the danger is that Trump will take a dislike to Assange. He already has in towards the end of his first term, and that the 
talks that have been going on quite amicably, although they've been spiked to an extent by the Pentagon, which has behaved as though we were back in the Cold War, um, will bear fruit. So it may well be that Europe, the end, the European Court of Human Rights, which is uh, the Assange team's next stop, will uh, put at least a kibosh on the proceedings uh, until the full case can be argued in the European Court of Human Rights, which will probably not be till next year. And by that time, Britain will have a new government. Mm. But also, uh, we know that Julian Assange's health is very poor. What does it mean, those timeframes you've just painted for us, not even till next year? Is that... What sort of position does that? Well, put it's in? the the whole process has been outrageous. The, uh, it has taken five years in this dreadful, <laughs> in uh, COVID infested prison of Belmarsh, where he's been stuck. Uh, it's quite unacceptable. The uh, he, he's of course put himself in the European embassy in the. Ecuadorian embassy, I introduced him to Dick Smith, who said that he could probably get him off in a helicopter from the roof of the Ecuadorian embassy, but couldn't get any. They'd run out of petrol before he could get him to safety. So there he's been, and now Belmarsh for five years, and uh, all for what journalists would take to be their job, namely trying to get information out of government about what their troops are doing, about what their uh, people on the ground are actually doing. And that has included evidence of war crimes, evidence of human rights abuses, the collateral murder tape which showed uh, the American army shooting down, killing uh, a couple of Reuters journalists. Uh, that, that has been his journalistic efforts and they're rewarded by uh, this incarceration, in effect, in Belmarsh for five years, previously holed up in the Ecuadorian embassy. So people make sacrifices, great sacrifices, for what they believe in. We have Alex Navalny before us who sacrificed his life for uh, to fight for freedom in Russia. Uh, I have defended a man, Lula, in Brazil for several years. He went to prison for 18 months. Uh, he was accused, quite wrongly, of trumped-up charges entirely fabricated against him. We finally got rid of those, and he was able to stand and win the elections against the fascist Bolsonaro, and importantly, to stop the logging of the Amazon, which has meant that the, the lungs of the world are able to breathe again. So there are people who make great sacrifices for what they see as their profession, and I would uh, list Julian Assange as one of those. 
If I could just take you to your speaker series, which you're about to embark on, it's focusing on the elections taking place around the world this year. Now, there are many, aside from the United States and Russia. Which elections will you be keeping a close eye on? Well, I want to look at democracy generally and how in international law and at the United Nations, democracy has no protection. Most countries of the UN are not, in fact, democracies. There's nothing in the UN Charter about democracy. We're seeing at the moment Ukraine is being uh, hammered. Taiwan is under threat. Uh, There is nothing that requires the United Nations to come to the protection of democracy. And I've just written a book called The Trial of Vladimir Putin, which looks at the inability of the UN to do anything about the outrageous attack on Ukraine, which is a war crime. It's the crime of aggression the worst crime of all. It's estimated that Putin will be responsible as the man who declared this war. Uh, Up to half a million deaths and injuries on the side of Russian forces, on the side of Ukrainian civilians and children. Uh, This is a man who kills and kidnaps children. And yet, There is no way, there is no Nuremberg uh, to force him to account. So I've looked at the various uh, failures of international law in that respect and how indeed he may be brought to account. So there are no, and how it's necessary for a court to row back on the iniquitous idea that the Bush regime had back in 2003 when they invented a doctrine called preemptive self-defence, which meant that any state could invade any other state if they thought in the future there might down the line be a danger uh, of uh, Saddam Hussein obtaining nuclear weapons and attacking them, they were entitled to attack his state. And that is the only defence that Russia has. And it's important, I think, to uh, lay its ghost. It was developed, invented by Bush lawyers at a time when America had a unipolar command of the world and it doesn't reflect Mm. international law and it should be abandoned. And once that is abandoned, Russia's only defence is shredded, then we can see clearly just that this man is not the amiable host of Tucker Colson. He is the gang leader who undoubtedly was responsible for killing Alex Navalny, but for killing many tens, hundreds of thousands of other people in a war which he started and for which he must be accountable if we are to have an international rules-based order. And it's time that we reconsidered the one that we have at the moment. Geoffrey Robertson, thank you so much for joining us. Jeffrey Robertson is an international human rights barrister and the presenter of Hypothetical. He's taking his speaking series on tour around the country in May with tickets on sale now. 
Stream any ABC radio station live and on the go. Discover new podcasts, music and audiobooks, all free on the ABC Listen app.